really want to do is make it simple for you today. I, um, yesterday, two ladies came a day early, but they couldn't come today, and I ended up sitting down and talking with them. And it was just so interesting because yet again, it was similar problems that everybody seems to have. If it's not a digestive problem, it's an immune, immune problem. If it's not an immune problem, it's a blood pressure problem. If it's not a blood pressure problem, it's a hormonal or an allergy problem. So between these two ladies and their kids, they had autoimmune diseases, they had allergies, they had um, digestive problems, stomach ulcers, bloating. It just, I, it, was, it just went on. And, and it's like I find very few people over the age of 30 that have nothing particularly wrong with them. By the time most people get to 30, something starts to pack up. It's either headaches or you're not sleeping at night or there's depression or there's anxiety or there's excess weight all this constipation, and just out of interest, just in case you don't think you're constipated, raise your right finger. So I'm going to share with you some of the things we know for sure. Raise your right finger like this, like you're putting your hand up for the teacher, like, miss, miss, miss. <laughs> Look at your finger closely. If your stools, if you don't know, stool is not what you're sitting on, your bowel movement, is not that thin, you are constipated. Because that means your feces are staying in your bowels longer than they should. And when they stay longer than they should and they get thicker and thicker, it becomes more difficult to pass that stool. And you may go to the toilet every day and have a bowel movement, but it may not be that comfortable. It literally should be on demand instant. That's how it should be. Now, I grew up in a typical South African home where we ate race place and art apples. My mother was health conscious in that we weren't allowed to chew gum or read comics because both of them made you stupid, she believed. <laughs> And if you had a headache, we had to drink some water. And if we had a stomachache, we had to drink some water. And if we, anything was wrong with us, water first, then you had to go and sit and read on the toilet. And if that didn't work, you went and slept. But I remember sitting there reading copious amounts of books. And my two brothers and my sister did the same thing. And both of us now have books in our bathroom. If you come to any of our houses, you'll see... So I got so excited when we had all these books for sale. I'm going to stick these in the bathroom. So if you go down there, there are books there. And every now I go and I think, hey, this looks like an interesting one. <laughs> but uh, And so it's weird, actually, because if I go to a bookshop or I go into a library, I immediately want to have a bowel movement. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> but at the end of the day... If your bowels aren't emptying at least once a day, and a healthy individual, they usually do two to three times a day, and usually straight after a meal, you're not passing what you just ate. It's just that the peristalsis movement is so active that the, as you eat, there's peristalsis and it moves. So if it's not that, then you're constipated. What does that do? It contributes to the number one form of cancer that we have in South Africa today, colorectal cancer. You most likely, if you get cancer, one out of every two males will get cancer in South Africa, and one out of every three females will get cancer. And if you were to get cancer, probably between 50 to 70 percent of people would get colorectal cancer, somewhere in the rectum or the colon, and it's due to constipation. And it's really because of the way we eat. And we think we eat very well. I grew up thinking I ate well because I had homemade whole wheat bread and yogurt. I thought that was really healthy and I took a multivitamin. And most of us tend to think that. And I don't know about you, but all of us end up being very confused about health. It's high protein, low protein, no protein, uh, high fat, low fat, blood group diets, Atkins diet, South Beach diet. I mean, we just go on and on and on. 
at the end of when I finish speaking, I'm going to show you just a short clip from uh, Dan Butner, the guy who travelled around with National Geographic and their advisory team and to find the longest living, healthiest people in the com in the world. You don't have to stay for it. You can go and have lunch, but I think it's like it's, just, it's 20 minutes and it's just really great to watch it. I'm going to watch it again every time I'll, I I play it. I watch it again because it's just like I learn something every single time. It's quite amazing. But I uh, really want to go through and I want to answer some of your questions because that's what made me realize yesterday I had a whole sort of PowerPoint thing organized and I thought, you know what, I really need to answer your questions. Because that's what those ladies came. They said to me, listen, we, we, we're a day early. Can we at least talk to you? And I sat down and all these questions came up. So I'm happy to ask quest answer questions. I'm going to try and cover most of the issues so that in case you're embarrassed about your condition or your problem, that it, it will be covered over. Okay, so I'm just going to share with you some of the things that we know for sure. These are some of the things we know categorically, scientifically proven. We know these things for sure. Okay, We know that the more natural antioxidants, antioxidants have all kinds of names like lutein and zeaxanthine and superoxide dismutase, wonderful sounding names and it all sounds impressive. doesn't sound impressive when I say these words. You think, oh, she's so clever. But I've been saying it for so long. I mean, I would be a real dummy if I didn't remember at least some of them. <clears throat> but the, 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 the very big, the easy ones that we knew from the beginning, vitamin C was one of the first antioxidants that we discovered. And what an antioxidant does is pretty simple. What happens is you get free radical activity in the body. Free radical activity can happen just from normal wear and tear in the body. That means that free radicals which are like rogue molecules start to damage cells. And if you don't nail those suckers with free radicals, they start to damage lots of cells and then they reproduce damaged cells and then you get cancer. So you may think, oh well it's free radicals. The free radicals are say normal wear and tear of the body, but it's also um, from pollution, from eating animal protein, from stress can cause free radical activity. So people will always say, oh gosh, she was a vegetarian and she got cancer. But if you don't have enough natural antioxidants in your body, you get vegetarians that live on soy noodles, Coca-Cola and coffee. I've met people like that. Just because you're vegetarian doesn't make you healthy. There's some meat eaters that are a lot healthier than some vegetarians. So we've got to look at the overall diet and what we do know is that antioxidants are the most powerful protection we have against cancer, heart disease and diabetes. And where do we find antioxidants? Do we find them in plants? Yes. Do we find them in supplements? Well, it depends on the supplement. But here's an interesting fact. You can use 2 to 10% of what you find in a vitamin supplement. Vitamin, mineral, we'll just call it supplement. And by supplement, I'm not talking about something like barley grass juice that's been dried in powder form or carrot juice that's dried because that's still a natural food. All they've done is dehydrated at room temperature and then you've got the powder and you reconstitute it in your water. It's minor loss of nutrients. In fact, they stabilize it. If it's a good company, they stabilize it and you don't get that. But if you were to eat, if you were to eat out of fresh produce, fresh fruit and veg, you're getting... 90 to 100%. And of course the vitamin companies will tell us there's no more magnesium, there's no more vitamin C, there's no more blah blah in your fruit and vegetables. Have you heard that story? You've got to take the supplement because there's no more nutrients left in our food. Well if that's the case then all the poor people in the world would be dead. 
Seriously. I mean, it's just supplementation has become an elitist thing. Only rich people can afford to get healthy. And yet, if you look at the richest countries in the world, they're the sickest. The richest country in the world is the United States of America. Cancer, heart disease, and diabetes are, are on the increase. The only thing that's actually stood still for a couple of years has been heart disease. One out of two people in America and in South Africa, the rates are the same, will get cancer. I mean, will get heart disease. In America, it's also one out of two men and one out of three women will get will get cancer and diabetes is the, num is the number three cause of death and the number one cause of blindness and amputations. Loss of eyesight is diabetes. So we know that 90 to 100% of our nutrients come from fresh fruits and vegetables. What we don't know is the reason why we go and take vitamin supplements and we make um, a supplement. Let's take vitamin C. It's a very, very... Easy to find. Everybody takes vitamin C. How many milligrams do most people take? Have you ever taken vitamin C? A thousand? Yeah. Average person probably take a thousand. I know people take 500 and some people take 2,000, but just take a look at it. You can use 2 to 10% of a thousand. It's nice and easy round number to work out, so it means you're going to get 20 to 100 milligrams of a thousand milligrams of vitamin C. Okay? Our recommended daily allowance, our recommended daily uh, the amount, RDA, is somewhere around 150 milligrams. So you're not even getting what you should get. What's happening to the rest? Now, I'm using vitamin C as a supplement because it's the safest supplement you can take. I'm talking about vitamin and mineral extracted supplements, okay? Remember, I'm not talking about dried juices. Vitamin C is the safest of all the supplements to, to take. And the side effects are gout, arthritis, you said cystitis, yes. Some people do get cystitis. It's a bladder infection. It's just your urine burns, it's like peeing razor blades. It's very painful. Gout, arthritis, kidney stones, Stomach ulcers and osteoporosis. Now, you know, I'm kind of sounds like I'm knocking supplements, but listen, I started getting healthy by taking supplements. And it was when my husband said to me, My urine smells. It's bright yellow. In fact, it was like a luminous, like your top sticking out there, and like the strap. That luminous yellow, greeny color, like glow in the dark. And he said, my, my urine smells like the supplements we're taking. If I open the bottle and I smell my urine, it smells the same. And that's when I thought, you know what, I'm just believing what people are telling me. They were telling me there's no nutrients left in my, my food. And I had studied biology and anatomy and physiology and science and chemistry. And it didn't really make all that much sense to me, but I believed it because I didn't know all that much. And I started researching. That's when I started really trying to find out, let me know the truth of the stuff. because, And now... I've always got to look at when a new thing comes out, like turmeric is going to cure you of all kinds of things. It's who's behind it? Who's promoting the stuff? And what are they making out of it? There's always somebody behind it. The whole turmeric movement. Man, these turmeric farmers have made millions. Turmeric's gone from being a nothing to this huge thing, and everybody's taking tablets now. Turmeric's fine in food. I went to my friend in uh, Connecticut to go and do some talks, Raymond Salmon. That's her name. Surname Salmon. 
And um, I had to do some talks there, and she says, Mary, and you've got to have turmeric. I said, oh, Rama, please, I know. I've checked this stuff out. There isn't a lot of research to back it up. Yes, there's antioxidants in it, but I'd rather get them from some berries or from an apple even. There's more in a mango. There's more antioxidants in a mango than, and way more fun. Let me go to Whole Food Markets, get dried mango. I'd rather eat that. So I go and get the dried mango. The next morning she's making me fresh turmeric root and it's all grated in the glass and Mark takes one sip and spits it out and says, this is disgusting, I'm not having it. Oh, it's not too bad, I'll have it, have a glass. I'll have your glass, I'm trying to be polite now, I'll have your glass. I start getting little bumps all over my skin. Next thing, my whole face is swollen with welts on it. I'm like, oh my, my first thought is these dried mangoes I got from Whole Foods must have preservatives on them because I'm allergic to sulfur dioxide but I haven't had that kind of reaction for many years. I always get it's just a mild reaction now. It used to be bad in, in early years. So I'm standing with this face and I'm like on the phone to Whole Foods and we go into the store and I talk to the store manager. There's definitely sulfur and he says no ma'am there's not. I'll bring you the certification. I said I want to see it. Well he didn't bring the certification but he was busy getting it and everything else. And that night I had to do a talk for about 50 people. Okay, here I am in Connecticut. Here's the South African who looks like she's got leprosy. Like they don't want to come near me. They think I brought some disease from Africa. Maybe it's Ebola. And I've got a foundation all over my face this thick to try and cover these welts up. I mean it looked disgusting, okay, because what happens is your eyes go all puffy and I'm standing with these like, as my mom would say, two pee holes in the snow eyes and this puffy face and I'm having to explain to them and I said I think it's from that but it was so funny because straight after that I'm talking to somebody and she's talking to me about something else and while I was talking I was like please God just show me what this is drops in my head the word turmeric now it's happened once before I had an allergic reaction to something it was pigeon feathers and pigeon poop which was in our compost and it was the same thing and I thought okay I got home and I went and googled turmeric side effects there on Livestrong's website it was all over the place one of the side effects of turmeric is urticaria or hives and anaphylactic shock now I didn't go into anaphylactic shock but somebody can what we've tried to do and this is what the world does to us okay because we live in fear and, and, and if I can explain to you about your body and how it works just so that you're not in fear anymore I'll feel I've achieved something we live in fear of the next terrible disease and so they prey on our fears and they come out with a new thing this thing is going to cure all kinds so we run here to the turmeric and then we go over there to the goji berries and then we over here to these other superfoods over here and we spend an arm and a leg on these things we really do Spend a fortune on these things. You can't buy your health. That's a fact. Because if you could, the richest people would be the healthiest people in the world. They would be the healthiest. We went to the Heart Foundation Museum in Cape Town at Kruitskir Hospital. It's fascinating. You should go there and have a look. It's in the actual wards where they did the first heart transplant and they've got these... They're not wax people. They're all made out of silicone. They're a bit eerie because if you touch them, which you're not supposed to do, but of course we were school kids so they're all like, ma'am, feel here. Feels like a dead person. <laughs> like a silicone hand. There's Chris Barnard sitting at his desk with his telephone. <laughs> it's very eerie. But what struck me was reading his story and how he himself died. He was, he'd been married and divorced three times now, all the fame and fortune in the world and he died alone in Greece from an asthma attack. 
And he was a very well-off man by the time he died. He was famous and well-off. And it, it didn't really—it doesn't really matter how his second wife, Barbara Barnard, was beautiful, very thin, very slim. She was a model. She died. She was in her early 40s. She had breast cancer. If you could buy your health, then all the people in the world that are wealthy would be completely healthy all the time. And it's not the case, okay? So it's not the turmeric or the silver nitrate or the goji berries or the whatever it is. Somebody's always looking for one little silver magic bullet that's going to do it all for you. Listen carefully. One thing we know for sure is that health only comes from living healthy lifestyle. And we're going to take a look, when we look at the TED Talk, we'll look at the five communities around the world that are the longest living and the healthiest. They don't take supplements. They do no formal exercise. They walk everywhere. They've got some amazing things that they're up to, and yet they have the most people living over the age of 100. People living with their bowels still working, their bladders working, their brains still working. That's what I want. I'd personally like to live to 120. It's a goal. But I'm not going to be upset with God if he takes me sooner. But I'm saying, God, let me live that long because I have a point to prove. <laughs> and I would like to see my great-great-grandchildren grow up and get married. Well, like, check them out, hey? You've got to behave yourselves now. Yeah. So that's the safest supplement to take. And yet when you take vitamin C in a pineapple or in some berries or some tomatoes, so say in America, tomatoes, Every time I say tomatoes, I'm thinking or think of tomatoes. My daughter comes in this morning. She says, I'm looking for the vase. I said, what have you been doing? Watching American TV? She said, no, it's a vase, mom, because you say face. You don't say vase. It's not a vase. It's a vase. I'm like, I have to have this lesson at the first thing in the morning. <laughs> She's walking around looking for the big vase. <laughs> I said, okay, fine, <laughs> let it be a vase. All right, so tomatoes, tomatoes. If you eat vitamin C in plants and you eat too much of it, what happens? How does your body tell you you've had enough vitamin C? Ever had a feeling on the tip of your tongue when you've eaten too much pineapple? And you think, oh, no, I can't eat any more. That's your body saying, stop, you're getting too much of the nutrients that are in here. So it's designed in a way so that you just get enough, but not too much. But if you take the vitamin supplement, the vitamin C supplement, you've got no warning mechanism whatsoever. None whatsoever. There's no way to warn you until you get the stomach ulcer. Because you're taking the vitamin C in supplement form and it's just sitting in your stomach and it literally eats a hole in your stomach. So when we eat properly, our body tells us when to stop. And that's what we've lost. We've lost the ability to listen to our bodies. When we crave sweet things, what do we eat? Chocolate. Or if you're craving salty things, what do you crave? What do you eat? Chips. But what your body's saying is, I need glucose because the brain and central nervous system can't work properly. And I need natural glucose because it stabilizes your blood sugar. And if anybody tells you fruit's bad from you, they're actually speaking out of the wrong part of their body. They really are. So there is so much research. There's so many communities that eat so much fruit and they have no diabetes at all. They have no weight problems at all. You can eat as much fruit as you like, 
But listen to your body. When your body says stop, stop. And your body will say, one more mango and I'm going to puke. It's too sweet. Stop now. Can't eat that many honeypot grapes. Honeypot grapes are so delicious. It's like eating honey in a grape. But you get to a point where you're like, your stomach will actually get mildly sore and just say, stop now. You've had enough. But when you are eating condensed milk out of the can or you are eating Cook Sisters or custard slices, you can just keep going sometimes because it's not satisfying your body's need for the right kind of glucose. Good glucose, stable on your blood sugar. Man-made glucose makes your blood sugar shoot up, drop down. That has a very profound negative effect on your entire endocrine system, the system that controls your immune system, controls your brain, your central nervous system, and it controls every single hormone in the entire body. So if you're putting refined sugar in, your blood sugar is going up and down because you're not actually being taught. We've not been taught how to interpret the signals correctly. Craving for sweet things means increase your fruit intake. Fresh fruit in season and make sure it's ripe can be dried fruit but must be preservative free. Craving for salty things shows that you're needing more essential fatty acids in your diet. And when you're needing more essential fatty acids, you're not needing fish oil, you're needing natural fats in your body from nuts and seeds and avocados. And if you're not getting enough, you'll keep craving salty things like cheese. How many of you crave cheese? Can't live without the cheese. Gotta have the cheese. I could eat five cheeses with apples, without apples, on a pizza. It didn't really matter. The more cheese, the happier I was. I had post-nasal drip, sinusitis. My tonsils had been removed at four years of age. What I know for sure, based on solid science, physiology, and anatomy, is that the human body was never designed to have cow's milk in it, ever. It's the biggest con we've ever been told. We've been lied to so much that we are completely confused. And all you need to do is think about animals in the wild. Okay, here's the impala. If you ever go to the game reserve, what do you see? Like impala, 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 and you're like, is that a springbok? No, it's an impala. Is that a springbok? No, it's an impala. Is that a lion? No, it's an impala. It's like everything's an impala. What are impalas doing every time you look at them? They eat, they eat, and they eat. You ever seen a fat one? Certainly not in the wild. Ever seen one of the migraine? Sit on the rock. I can't move. Not today, James. I have a headache. We just actually got to use our common sense. I love that story of the emperor's new clothes. Remember that story that we were told as kids? The emperor is so vain and he just wants the best of everything and he's boastful and he just thinks he is almost God and these two con artists come along with this fabric and say we've got the most beautiful fabric, we'll make you the most incredible outfit but this is very special fabric because you have to be very clever to see this fabric. If you're not clever you cannot see it. So what do you think everybody's going to say? What wonderful fabric! Which is what the king says and they sew through the night, the candlelight, and they're all looking in the keyhole, and they can't see anything, but it's beautiful fabric, and all the noblemen are saying it's beautiful fabric, and the day comes when he's got to parade through the village or the town, and he goes down the road, everybody's saying, oh, oh, look at the king, how beautiful he looks, and a little boy pops up and says, but he's naked. And that's what happens with us. We get stuck in this thing where it's like, you've got to have cow's milk, otherwise your bones won't grow. Just think about it for a second. Just think about it. Your mother was born with breast milk when you were born. When your babies were born, you had breast milk. 
That's your natural. We're so far removed from nature. We're just we're getting further and further and further away from nature with, you know, I've got a cell phone and computers and electronic equipment and podcasts and YouTubes and TED Talks and we just all this stuff is here. We just push buttons and we can look at all kinds of things from around the world and I love it. But what it does is it removes us from actually what's natural and what's normal. Cows are meant to feed baby cows with their milk. And baby cows grow from weighing 80 kilograms at birth to 800 kilograms in the space of should be 18 months. If you want to grow really, really quickly and make your child grow really quickly and set them up for like really some severe blood sugar problems and health problems, then give them cow's milk. We know for sure. It's categorically proven. It's in the scientific journals. They've proved it. I've seen it. When you take cow's milk out of a diabetic's diet, their blood sugar regulates, even type 1s. Now there's other bits and pieces they need natural fats in their diet so we'll get some natural fats and some flax oil in their diet but if you take the cow's milk out and you wait for at least six weeks the sinusitis goes the tonsillitis goes the ear infections go and you know that in the 1980s Dr. Matala at the Red Cross Children's Hospital considered one of the top children's hospitals in the world published research that said the number one cause of ear infections, tonsillitis, runny noses, gastrointestinal bleeding and resultant anemia and, and breathing problems like asthma is cow's milk. It's in the medical journals. The medical journals since 1991 have shown that there's a protein in cow's milk called P63 that damages the pancreas and causes type 1 diabetes. So if you give your baby cow's milk instead of giving your baby mother's milk, and even if you're feeding your baby mother's milk and you're eating cow's milk like cheese and yogurt, your child can still get type 1 diabetes. Take it out. If we get it out, the cow's milk, within two years of the diagnosis of type 1, those people can usually come off all their insulin. And I've worked very closely with Dr. Andre Kruger at Hochland Hydro. There are people like Dr. Neil Barnard from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C. <coughs> I'm registered with them went into training with them. I'm the only Education Alliance partner in Africa. And it's working with an organization that really gets down to what is natural, what is normal, what is science-based. There's no new age stuff. It's not based on any religion or any philosophy. And they, it represents about 30,000 doctors and dietitians around the country. They sued the United States government because for 30 years they've been giving them research to show them how we should all be eating. And one of that was no dairy in the diet. And the American government refused to listen. And diabetes increased and heart disease. 2009, the American the, um, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine sued the United States government. In 2013, they won. That's how long the court case was. They had all the expenses paid. And they got the United States government to change the guidelines for eating. For the first time in the history of having nutritional guidelines, the American government took dairy products out of essential foods and put it as an optional, separate. And in fact, if you look at that power plate, that's how they're telling us to eat. Just split your plate in four. Caught 25% fruits, 25% legumes, 25% grains, and 25% vegetables. Of course, the United States government wanted to compromise on the legumes and wanted to say protein. So they said, okay, you can put protein in there. But dairy products is a circle now outside. That's not the United States one. That's one from the Physicians Committee. So what we know for sure, we know some things for sure. We know that supplementation is not very beneficial to the body. 
when you're taking vitamins and minerals out of something, it's not very beneficial to the body. What else do we know for sure? We know that cow's milk is not designed for human consumption and that it actually promotes osteoporosis because the countries that consume the most cow's milk have got the most brittle bone disease. That's a fact. This is being recorded. This is my daughter Marie Claire. She's trying to use our freezer space in there. Did you find the vase? I told them I had English lesson first thing this morning. <laughs> yes. nonsense like that, okay? My first question, this is don't argue with them. Just say to them, so where does that research come from? I'd be really interested to read it. Don't get offensive with people. This thing is, here's the bizarre thing about bananas, or bananas. Bananas. Here's the bizarre thing about bananas. We're told don't eat it, it's fattening. And we're sold what cereal when we're trying to lose weight? What's the name of the cereal when we're trying to lose weight? There's a breakfast cereal out there that's sold as a diet cereal. What's it called? Special K. So I went and did a nutritional analysis of Special K comparing it to bananas and found that there was... Before you've put the skim milk in the Special K, before you've added any sweetener, there's more fat in 100 grams of Special K than in 100 grams of banana. There's more calories in 100 grams of Special K than there is in a, in, a, in a banana. But what we know for sure is that there's more fiber, water-soluble fiber, in the banana. It doesn't look as coarse and rough, but water-soluble fiber is the gentle stuff that makes your tummy work really well. What we know for sure is that the nutritional levels and quantities in a banana is way higher than in Special K. But clever marketing makes us believe that the emperor is wearing beautiful clothes. So we've got to actually, I taught my kids from when they were little, don't believe anything you see on TV, check it out. And don't believe anything today that you read on Google. Don't believe anything they say. Because they are always saying things. And you can go to the doctor and he'll tell you bananas are fattening. And then you lean over. Do not be scared of doctors. They've never studied nutrition. Do not be scared to ask them questions. And if they can't ask, answer them, find somebody else who can. Find the answers yourself. Let me tell you, nobody's going to give you the answers. You've got to find them yourself. Bananas do not make you fat. Eat them ripe, as many as you want to. Listen to your body. You can have days where you want to eat four and days where you don't want to look at them. I personally hate bananas. But I found that I love the banana pennies. I need to get some, actually. Let me get them to get me some banana pennies there. Oh, my word. I discovered only when I started drying them that I actually like bananas as long as they're not slimy in the banana shape. It's the texture. I didn't even think it was there. But when I've had my blood tests taken, and I don't eat banana pennies often, whenever my blood tests are taken, I have nice, good, on the high level of potassium in my blood. So it's obviously because my blood potassium levels are normal, so it's not my favorite fruit. But my husband can eat six bananas. Let me tell you a story when we started eating like this. We started eating avocados because they were healthy and they had good fats in it. My husband was like, this is amazing. I'm going to eat every avocado I can eat. 
So one night we get a telephone call. Now for supper at night we always eat raw food before cooked food because it helps the immune system function more efficiently because white blood cells are not destroyed like when you put cooked food straight in the stomach. So my husband's tucking into his avocados and he's eating them and the phone rings and I go and answer the phone and it's my mother-in-law. Marianne, I'm very worried about Mark. I said, gosh, mom, why? She said, you know, he's lost so much weight. Now, he used to have this nice big tummy, just like my mother-in-law and my father-in-law and his brother and his sister. They were apple-shaped people. They had skinny, gorgeous legs, not an ounce of fat on their legs and carrying all the weight here. Apple-shaped, so your pituitary gland's producing too much pituitary gland. My family was pear-shaped. I was fine up to here, and then it was all flared out there, and then I could wear those big baggy pants and hide everything away. Always had to buy a 38 or 36 bottom, depended on, and the 34 top seemed to fit. I said, she said, he's lost so much weight. And I said, yes, yeah, he has lost. I'm very worried, you know. What is he eating? <laughs> I said, you know, Mom, because I'm not going to get into this conversation with my mother-in-law. I said, you know, Mom, Mark goes to work every day and he eats at work, and I'm not sure exactly what he eats at work because he works for a restaurant group and he was at the head office, he was their training um, officer. And I said, I think that you need to talk to him so he can tell you. So he goes to the phone. She, she doesn't say, what are you eating? She says, what are you eating for supper? <laughs> he says, Mom, I've just eaten six avocados and I'm about to eat supper. She's like, dead silence on the phone. Oh, she says, Mark, you shouldn't do that. You're going to put on weight. She, he, just lost, he just lost 20 kilograms over a period of three months of eating natural fats in his diet and eating more raw fruit and vegetables. Okay? So this is what people will do. They'll go around telling you, you're going to get fat eating fruit, you're going to get fat eating bananas, you're going to, get, you're going to die of botulism if you eat honey. Have you heard that one? Don't feed honey to babies. They get botulism and die. Seriously? Honey is a natural antibacterial substance. If you've got a burn, you put honey on it. If there's nothing else nearby, if you don't have aloe, you stick on honey. Honey is found in the tombs of pharaohs. Thousands of years later, in perfect condition, you can eat it. It's one thing that will never rot. You can keep it for hundreds and thousands of years. They found it in these tombs. But now suddenly, botulism in the honey killed some baby. Because some baby died from something, and the doctor didn't want to probably take responsibility and say, well, it's the sixth antibiotic that I prescribed to your child. The immune system was shot, so it's going to have to be the honey that killed you. Seriously? You're more likely to die from the side effects of medication than you are to die from the side effects of anything like honey, bananas, tomatoes, fresh fruit, okay? So what do we know for sure? We know for sure that dairy products... No to dairy, unless you want post-nasal drips. We know that dairy will get there. Dairy is the number one cause of breast cancer and prostate cancer. Did you know that? And that's what the science says. Dr. Colin Campbell of the China Study... Read his book, The China Study. The studies are there. They're published. This is a man with a pedigree this long. We took all the studies that he'd published, not the full studies, just the, the little introduction and where it's published. And we printed it all out. And we invited Colin Campbell over here to do some talk some several years ago. And it was at Spear. There were 200 people there. And I introduced him and I asked Mark to take the one end of the pile of papers and to walk walk out, we stuck them together 
There's no more that dot, dot matrix paper that was always joined together. Now we had to stick it together. He walked right across the Spear Conference Hall, which was at least twice, if not three times, the width of this room going that way. He has got scientific papers at the time in over 400 medical and nutritional journals around the world, recognized medical and nutritional journals. Today we're probably sitting at six or 700. So you're talking about somebody that's highly qualified, highly, highly qualified. And people will question it and say, well, you know, my chiropractor says blah, de, blah, de, blah. This is a man who's a nutritional biochemist. I mean, I, I would trust him. Number one is he sells nothing. He promotes no supplements. He takes no supplements. He will not endorse anything. I trust him. He's got nothing to sell me. Don't even trust me because I sell things. Seriously. I'll point you in the right direction. We don't need dairy. What we know is that supplements are not ideal. Vitamin and mineral supplements. If it's dried juices or herbs or plants, not a problem. You take something like composure, if you can't sleep in the heat, for example, you take three composure and you go and lie down and in 20 minutes your body's calmed down and relaxed and you, it doesn't make you groggy. You can still operate heavy machinery if you're taking composure. Still drive a clock. Sup, we don't need supplements. What else do we know for sure? What was the question you asked? What do you replace dairy with? Well, if you're going to have it in something that's like tea or coffee, you can make your own almond milk. Don't go and buy this stuff in the shop. Seriously. I mean, we, we buy soy milk because it froths on the coffee. I don't even drink the coffee. It's the one thing I don't drink. But we have some drug addicts that come here and we give them coffee because it's better than cocaine or anything else, okay? <laughs> Caffeine affects your central nervous system and your brain, doesn't matter what way you look at it, and eventually it'll exhaust it, okay? When people get adrenal fatigue, the number one reason is from too much caffeine in their diet. I knew a woman, how do we know how much too much is? We don't know. Woman in the UK, lovely married couple, eating really healthy. I go and do a talk there. They said, we've been following your books. We've got all your books. We follow your way. Eight years we've been practicing. We can't fall pregnant. Been to the doctor. They can't find anything wrong. They want to start with fertility treatment. We don't want to go down that route. I looked at their diet. It was perfect. Seriously, it was like absolutely. I said, are you having any caffeine of any kind? She immediately said no. And I said, are you absolutely sure? And she said, oh, I just have one little cup of coffee first thing in the morning. That's it. Nothing else. I said, well, we know that caffeine can cause infertility and sterility in some people. Not in everybody. If it was the case, nobody would have any babies, especially in America where they're addicted to this stuff. I mean, that's the funniest thing. They go running with coffee and a bottle of water in the baby's pram. They buy prams with, depending on how many cup holders are in the pram, never mind the cars. Everywhere they go, they've got coffee, yeah, Starbucks and water, Starbucks and water. I think they think the two cancel each other out. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, so, speaking of water, mention it, I'm getting thirsty. So what do I recommend? I recommend you take some nuts, you can take sunflower seeds, you can take almonds, you can take cashews, all three if you want to, you put them in a blender, you blend them on high speed with water, and you just pour it through a sieve. You can put it through a sock, a bag, all kinds of fancy equipment that people want to sell you, but if you get a fine sieve, and you pour it through there, it gets all the fine little fibrous bits of the nut. And you take that and you put it in an ice tray and you freeze it and you take out however many cubes you need at a time. Melt it if you want to froth it. 
It doesn't froth as well as the soy milk does. We keep that soy milk, it's organic soy milk from Woolies, because it froths. It's the only one that'll froth. People want a cappuccino, they want froth on top. But we're not giving you cow's milk. I think the one you had this morning had and she didn't shake it up properly and it curdled. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can use that. Yes, much cheaper than buying almonds. You're going to take half a cup of almonds. No, you can buy it, but it's got stuff in it, okay? Check it. It's got added oils and added sugars and stabilizers. How do you think they're going to make it last in that container? You want 100% pure stuff? Make yourself two liters and freeze the stuff. Just ice craze in there, and you'll have enough for a month or two or three. Depends on how much. You want cereal and your you want milk in your cereal, so you get puff brown rice or you get some of our delicious muesli and you want milk in it. I put my smoothie in there, which has got berries and apple juice and pro peas and stuff like that, okay? And those recipes are in the hundred days to health program, which if you haven't done it, you can sign up for free. Just give them your details, your email address at the counter when you go out, and we'll send you the hundred days for free. Over one hundred recipes. They're free. And the almond, the smoothie is in there. I pour my smoothie, if you saw me, I was eating earlier on, I had a cup with um, a coconut muesli in there and I had some fruit salad and I was eating that, okay? But if you want to just have like a simple cereal, like puff brown rice or your muesli and you want milk, take a banana, a nice ripe banana, and if they're all ripe together, you're going to need a decent freezer. Peel the bananas, lay them flat on a, on a tray or something and put them in the freezer and when they're all frozen just collect them in a bag and put them there and you can just break off a piece or a whole one they break easily when they're frozen throw it in your blender with water and make banana milk monkey milk we call it for the kids banana milk is delicious on muesli absolutely delicious yes and you can pour it over porridge if you have oats for example over a cooked porridge it's delicious I used to eat oats with sliced banana in the oats and the the texture of the banana would kind of dissolve in the oats and I'd get that flavor without the sliminess. <laughs> Raisins, cinnamon and banana in oats is delicious, but you can take the banana milk and pour that over. You can do it with a mango. You can take any soft fruit. You can take any fruit and blend it. And if you're really stuck, I mean, I was stuck on, had to go and do a talk in Potchefstroom at a, at a school, um, college up there to um, a group of people. It's a gap year program. And I wanted my smoothie every morning, so I took my little Tribest blender with me. It's nice and neat and little, and I put it in there with my pro peas. And I couldn't take my juice extractor with me, so I just got pineapple juice or strawberry juice, whatever juice was going 100% pure, and I used that. You can use 100% pure juices to pour over a cereal if you want to. But if you want to make a creamy sauce, like a milk sauce, You'll see how we do it there. We make a mayonnaise out of um, cashews and sunflower seeds. And the reason I mix the sunflower seeds in it makes it slightly cheaper because cashews are expensive. You can, do, you can do an almond mayonnaise and it's so simple. Wherever the egg was meant to go in the mayonnaise, you just add the almonds or the cashews in it and it's creamy and delicious. And if you take the cashews and you blend them with water and lemon juice and mustard seed and our garlic and herb salt and you pour that over the pizza, you get cheese on the pizza. Check out gluten-free pizza at lunchtime. It sets like cheese. Yesterday we had a potato bake and everybody was like, there's cheese and milk on these potatoes. And it wasn't cashews. Cashews and sunflower seeds blended together and poured over. It goes lovely golden brown on top. So you can bake with it. It's really good and healthy. 
we've just never been taught this stuff. We've just done what's easy, what's convenient, what our mothers did, and that's why whatever our mothers and grandmothers did, what happens is each generation that carries on, if we don't actually... If we don't learn new habits and improve what we're doing, it's natural for human beings and the world in itself. If you leave the world alone, if you left this warehouse alone and we never repaired it, it would eventually just crumble. So the normal process is that things decay and get worse. So if we don't learn new habits and find out more, we're just going to start making worse and worse decisions. Our health is getting worse and worse. We think because we've got more money and we've got more toys and we've got more technology that things are getting better. People are not living longer. Do you know the life expectancy in South Africa, what it is? It's 47 years. It's one of the lowest in Africa. We've got 19% of our population is, is considered HIV positive. The next country closest to us is Nigeria, where only 6% of the population is HIV positive. The next country after them is India, with three, uh, uh, 6%, 3%. In the United States, it's like 1.6% of their population. 19% of our population. We're the richest country in Africa. Tell me what's wrong here. We've got more money to spend on more junk. I have spoken to communities. We spoke to uh, companies that makes tiles. They've got three big factories. They only take people from a trick upwards to work there. So it was a lot of people from previously disadvantaged communities. They have to have matric and they start working there. And we had to speak to a thousand of them and we had five days to do it. So we had four talks a day for six days. It was the Friday and then Monday to Friday again. Mark and I were doing the talks. And we started asking them how many of them drove a car? Two in each group of between 50 and 60 people put their hands up, between 50 and 100. Why don't you drive cars? Well, we can't afford it. How many of you smoke? Hands go up. How much do cigarettes cost? Two rand fifty or three rand? Then you know how much they cost. How many do you smoke a day? The people that smoked the least was 10 cigarettes a day. I said, all right, let's assume you're all smoking the least. 10 cigarettes a day times two rand fifty cheapest cigarettes is 750 rand a month. How many of you drink beer? All of them put their hands up. How many beers do you drink? We worked it out. The, the lowest amount of, the least amount of money they're spending on beer is 1,500 rand a month. Plus 750, that's 2,250 rand. I said, do you know you could buy a really nice new car for that? No, they didn't know that. I did a community project here where the Cape Town City chose 10 ladies from the township and asked me to train them, teach them how to eat properly, teach them how to grow vegetables, teach them how to cook healthy foods, and then there was a company that came in that taught them how to do massage. It was giving them a skill because they were matriculants sitting at home doing nothing, getting pension, social security basically. So what are they eating? No, they can't eat healthy because they, they can't afford it. I said, what is your idea of eating healthy? Well, they all came up with some weird and wonderful ideas. I said, so, okay, you can't afford to eat it. How many of you, how much does a packet of apples cost? 20 rand. Okay, so what are you eating during the day? No, they, turns out they're eating a packet of biscuits a day, not Mari biscuits, like Oreos. Seriously, expensive stuff with cream in them. Now, biscuits are not food, okay? It's just white flour and sugar and processed fats. It's not a food. I said, is that food? No, they knew it wasn't food. And what are you drinking? Now, they don't drink water. They drink Twizzer. How much do you drink? Two liters a day. 
How much is the Twizzit? 20 bucks, 18 to 20 bucks. What's in the Twizzit? No, they don't know. Let's look at the labels. We go and look at the labels. We have health issues in this country from the poorest to the wealthiest because we're either ignorant or lazy or stupid. I'm not sure. We just don't want to read the labels. We don't want to take responsibility. It's like we give our bodies over to the surgeon and we say, right, I will lie down here and you can take part of my body out. Oh, we can start with the tonsils when I'm four years old. And then when I get to 24, you can take out my appendix. And then when I go to 34, you can take out my gallbladder. We don't stop and ask a question. You know what struck me when I was at the heart um, museum? Is all these men and women in these robes, these long green robes. It was very old-fashioned and they around this altar. It's like an altar. And I remember reading a book by Dr. Robert Mendelssohn, who's a pediatrician, a book called Male Practice. And the first part of male, M-A-L, is highlighted, so it's malpractice. It's a play on malpractice and male practice. And the subtitle was What Doctors Do to Women. And he spoke about how women willingly hand their bodies over to medical... Drink some water. I'll get there now. <laughs> so what do we all know? Just make sure I'm covering all my points. Let me work through this and then we'll get there. Okay. What we know... Do you think human beings... Okay. So just to sum up there, because I'm worried I didn't catch there. I spoke about how we hand over our bodies to the high priests of medicine without taking responsibility, without saying, why do I have tonsillitis? Why is my appendix flared up? What's wrong with my gallbladder? What am I doing that my body is packing up? We've got to ask these questions, okay? Right, so 
How many of you believe that human beings are natural cannibals? Are we designed to eat human beings? Well, we do something really strange, okay? And I know some of you are going to be a bit upset about what I'm saying. So we're not cannibals, okay? Cannibals. We do something really strange. Are we pigs? Are we cows? Are we chickens? We do call some people those things. Some of you say, oh, she's a cow. Or he's a pig. We're not snakes, which is what they eat in China. We have human flesh in us, and we are not pigs. But if we eat pigs or chicken or cows, what we're eating is a protein that's coagulated. When protein coagulates, it does exactly what eggs do. An egg white can be dissolved in water when it's raw. Have you ever taken, beaten up an egg white? And you can put a little bit of water and even make it frothier. It's water-soluble. But if you cook the egg, the egg yolk, the egg white sets, and the yolk, but the egg white sets, it's the high-protein portion. It sets. It's now no longer water-soluble. You can't take a cooked egg white and mix it with water. And protein needs to be water-soluble for your body to use it efficiently. We're very confused about this issue. So we will eat cooked protein three times a day because we've been taught you need to eat some kind of animal because it's your most reliable source of, of, of protein. That's what we'll be told. Most reliable source of protein. Okay. So now we're taking in pig protein. The pig eats anything. Pigs are, are omnivores. They'll eat human beings. They'll eat other pigs. They don't care. They'll eat onions and lettuce and rotten food. Pigs don't care what they eat. Okay. From that, the pig will break it down and make it to pig protein so that it can grow and become a bigger pig. Okay. All protein is made out of something called amino acids. Amino acids are like the letters of the alphabet are to making up words. The 26 letters of the alphabet, the average human being... In, in English, there's about 500,000, half a million words, of which the average person probably uses 3,000 words. There are 20 to 22 amino acids. Some people say 23. Amino acids are like letters of the alphabet. They all have names. Adenosine, lysine. These are all names of amino acids. You don't need to know the names. We just know that your body has to break apart the pig protein or the cow protein or the chicken protein and then relink it up to make human protein because our bodies require over 100,000 different kinds of protein. So when somebody says to me, don't eat animals, where are you getting your protein from? I'm like, that person's just as brainwashed as I was 30 years ago. I was taught at school, you had to eat flesh to make flesh. And that is the best argument for cannibalism. If you have to eat flesh to make flesh, then surely eating human flesh, if I took Judy's arm here and started munching on it, eating her arm, I would, I'm now getting human flesh to make human flesh. But if I'm eating a pig, I'm not a pig, so I have to undo it all and relink it up. Plus it's cooked. So when you eat 30 grams, let me show you how much 30 grams is of some nuts or seeds here. Here we go. 30 grams of nuts or seeds a day. That's all you need. Do you know that in cashew nuts there's as much protein as there is in fish? No, it's a nut. I'm closing my hand. It's a bit of a weird nut, but it is a nut. OK. 
Okay, if I go and open this up, that's very little. That's all I need. If I'm really, really active and I'm doing hectic bodybuilding, maybe two lots of that. 30 grams is all you need. And if you eat more than that, you're probably going to put on weight you don't want to put on. That's all you need because this is raw protein. It's not heated. Cashews actually have been heated but to get them out of the shell. But you take almonds, sunflower seeds, contain as much pumpkin seeds, as much as steak. Rump steak can go up to 30% protein. Pumpkin seeds can go more than 30% protein. The difference is that you have to cook the meat and if you don't cook it, you get a really bad dose of parasites. Like my friend Leslie Clem's mother who loved bacon and ham. She had a tumor on the brain the size of a tennis ball. They said it was a fist size. They had to operate and get it out. They opened it up. It was parasites. It was tapeworm, a ball of tapeworm in her brain. And they said to her, don't ever eat pork and ham again. This is what's done this to you. We know where they come from, but we don't want to tell people to not do it. Okay? So you have to cook animal proteins to get rid of the parasites. Okay? Then the protein coagulates. If you eat your almonds and your sunflower seeds, whether you're eating them in a mayonnaise or in a smoothie, you're going to get protein that is uncooked, which means you can use 100%. So if you get 100 grams of almonds, there's 30 grams of protein in that. 30 grams of almonds like this, you're going to get 10 grams of protein. There's amino acids in every single fruit. It's in bananas, it's in this dried pineapple, it's in dates, it's in raisins, it's in carrots, it's in spinach, small quantities. But if you're eating a lot of plant food over the day, you're probably going to get 30 to 60 grams of protein in a day, which is more than enough for the average adult because we shouldn't be growing anymore. And children only need one gram of protein for every kilogram of body weight. Adults need one gram for every two kilograms. It's very little. But we overdo it and then we end up with kidney problems and we end up with being diabetic and we end up because we end up with putting too much fat into our cells. It's one of the problems with a high fat diet. You take in too much fat, it gets into the cells. It's, one, it's the number one cause of what triggers type 2 diabetes. I, I can't understand how Tim Noakes is not sued by diabetics because he or by anybody for that matter and I suppose because people just don't have enough money or time to go and play these games he is telling people he was in the newspaper last week saying oh, on, in, 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 on, uh, on uh, one of the news channels online and he said that if we stopped eating anything with sugar in it including fruit diabetes would disappear in 24 hours this from a man who 18 months after he started his banting program developed full-blown diabetes. He is taking metformin, a drug, to regulate his blood sugar because he cannot control it with his diet. Now, that's just being blatantly dishonest. You can't do that. You know, he may be a really good sports scientist, but what he's doing is completely dishonest. And that's part of the reason that that newsletter, Mark put it in there because he was trying to expose the fact that this man is not telling the truth. He's taking research that says cholesterol is bad for you, but it's not as bad as the flesh and the fat. Cholesterol is not the worst thing in animals to eat. It's actually the flesh part and the fat. He then reprints that in his book, quotes the research and the date and everything else, and says, this study showed that cholesterol is not bad for you. But it didn't say that. It said it's not as bad as the flesh and the fat. 
Cholesterol is not the worst thing in meat. It's the actual meat in its whole composition with everything. You can't say it's just the cholesterol. That's what the research says. That's dishonest, okay? All right, so what do we know? We're not cannibals, okay? So where are we going to get our protein from? Easiest place is nuts and seeds. You want to still eat a steak? Go ahead, but make sure it's organic. Because the hormones that are given to cows to grow them quickly, you want a cow to grow full size in three months because you've invested money in it. You've had to, it's taking up space on your farm. You want to get rid of it. You want to sell it. You want it to grow quickly, three months. You don't want to wait 18 months. What do you do? You give the animal up to 11 different kinds of hormones. I can read you the hormones that go into the animals. Five of those are estrogen-based. They are producing breasts in young men. Young men are leaving school and they have full-blown C-cups. They're having to have a surgery to remove it. It's becoming more and more common. And it's the number one cause. That estrogen that's in there is, is what we're finding in cow's milk as well. And that's why it's the number one cause of breast cancer and prostate cancer. If you want to eat animal products, you don't need it. That's what I'm telling you. You do not need animal products. We are not cannibals. We are human beings. There are in the world 2 billion meat eaters and 4 billion vegetarians. So you tell me. You tell me. We, all, we think because we live in a westernized country that everybody eats the way we can. They can't afford it. They can't afford to have a fridge running all day and a freezer to keep the meat fresh and the cheese and the milk. They just simply can't afford it. Never mind the actual cost of the meat, which is very expensive. Most people are very poor around the world. We think they all have our level of income. We would all like, I do a little study um, training session with people on Monday nights and I ask everybody, how much more money do you need? And every single person I've ever spoken to in South Africa wants another 10,000 rand more every month. We've never got enough. And five years ago, that same couple who are now earning 10,000 rand more than they were then want another 10,000. Wouldn't you like all like another 10,000 rand a month at least? Everybody thinks like that because we think we just haven't quite made it. And poor communities can't afford to eat meat. But if you want to eat meat, make sure it's organic and make sure that you don't eat it more than once a week. And it shouldn't be bigger than the size of the palm of your hand. At an absolute push, maybe twice or three times a week, the size of your palm of your hand. But I can't guarantee that you're not in that line. Dr. Colin Campbell says the minute you go over 5% of your calorie value, which is tiny, it's like, it's like, a, it's like one chicken nugget a day. But if you have more than that, you, they say you're standing in a line to get cancer of some description. Okay? So we're not cannibals. We also know that... According to Dr. Colin Campbell, you can load the gun for cancer with stress, with colorants, preservatives, pollution, everything known to be maybe promoting cancer in some level. You can load the gun, but the thing that pulls the trigger to start cancer producing, and cancer is damaged cells multiplying, animal protein is that thing, equals cancer. And you may say, oh, you know, my grandfather lived to be 101 and he ate a steak every Sunday and he had chicken every night for supper. I'll tell you now that your grandfather probably only ate animal protein once a day. It was raised on the farm. He didn't give it hormones. And he had the peace and it was the end of the story. It's not like us now. We'll go to a, People go to restaurants and eat a kilogram steak. 
they think that's good or they'll have eggs for breakfast and a chicken salad for lunch or tuna salad for lunch and then they'll have chicken for supper and even if it's organic it's too much you're not actually getting a good source of protein people think that you've got to eat animal protein even if you eat animal protein still get your nuts and seeds in because that's your only reliable source of protein that is separate you don't have to work hard at taking it apart because the amino acids are already apart it's raw very easy to assimilate that protein yes you shouldn't heat the seeds if it's your source of protein but if you want to put a couple of sunflower seeds or a, some pine kernels in a salad and it's slightly toasted and it's a treat not a big deal it's not a big deal every now and again it's not going to be a problem but if you're heating your protein all the time you're not going to get the amino acids out in the form that you should legumes are a great source of protein but we have to cook them but it's still easier to use the protein in legumes like beans because it's already a part it's not linked to make an animal it's not in pig shape and chicken shape and meat shape it's just plant amino acids which are separated already legumes are beans yeah So chickpeas and things like that, yes. Um, some people don't digest um, legumes. Uh, no, uh, 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 nuts. If people struggle to digest nuts and seeds, it's usually because they've got a, an enzyme deficiency. So then you take a digestive enzyme with your meals. It usually means you're not secreting enough hydrochloric acid. And if you're not secreting enough hydrochloric acid, it's because your hormonal system is not in balance. Hydrochloric acid is secreted from parietal cells which sit in the stomach and the parietal cells are part of the hormonal system. So if you're doing something to your body, artificial sweeteners can mess up the hormonal system. It can take two years to rectify it. It might take two months, but it can take two years for some people. Um, caffeine can upset it. Alcohol will upset it. Refined sugar will upset it. And there I agree with Tim Noakes. Refined sugar is a no-no. We shouldn't touch this stuff. It's toxic to your brain. You want to cause a chemical imbalance of your brain? Drink alcohol or have refined sugar okay so what else do we know for sure I know I'll, I'll, I'm going to answer questions now let me make sure I've covered everything else okay we know for sure that the more alkaline forming your diet in other words the more plant food you eat the more alkaline forming your diet the more energy you'll have alkaline forming means it leaves behind calcium magnesium potassium acid forming means it's leaving behind sulfur and phosphorus coca-cola processed foods meats chicken, fish, all animal products are acid forming in the body, all plants are alkaline forming except for grains they're mildly acidic processed foods are extremely acid forming, so the more alkaline forming foods we eat, the more energy you'll have, up to one third more energy, one third more energy, who wouldn't like one third more energy everyone's more, more money more energy and more time When you have more energy, you automatically have more time because you can do more quicker. Okay? So, and then if you're having more energy and you can do more quicker, you'll have more money anyway. So just start eating properly, you'll have more time, money and energy. This is easy stuff. Okay? So the more alkaline forming, the more energy you'll have. So what we know for sure is alkaline forming equals one-third more energy and what they found is that your IQ will be higher 
How's that? You'll be smarter. With the study in the UK. I've done several studies, but one of them was quite a big study done with schoolboys, and they found that the more alkaline the environment in the brain, the higher the IQs. Every time they did the test, and the high IQ kids are high alkaline. What makes your brain more alkaline? Plant food. So vegetarians are smarter. Listen, I hate promoting vegetarianism and veganism. I don't like doing that. I'd rather say a whole food plant-based diet. I was a big meat eater. My husband opened the first Kentucky Fried Chicken in this country. He lived. He didn't even like chicken anymore. He loved hamburgers and Coca-Cola. That's what he lived on. I thought I was healthy because I made my own yogurt. And I was like eating a balanced diet and having protein at every single meal. So I would have, if I could, I would have had cheese for breakfast, lunch and supper. But you know, I'd have my cereal in the morning with an egg, a boiled egg, and I thought that was really good and it was balanced. I was doing what I'd always been taught. Tuna salad for lunch and the chicken for supper. I really thought I was doing the right thing and ended up with a whole lot of health problems, so did my children. My husband's blood pressure was 160 over 110 when he was 19 years old. Okay. They wanted to put him on medication. They didn't want to insure him. My mother taught me read the inserts. I told my husband read the insert. He didn't mind that diabetes was a side effect or enlarged heart or any of that stuff, but he really got to the part where he said, erectile dysfunction, he said, I'd rather die of a heart attack <laughs> and keep this drug. We know that our diet needs to be more alkaline. In other words, it needs to be plant-based. Plant-based means at least 80%, 75 to 80% of your diet should be plants. Okay? What do we know for sure? Major cause of excess mucus and various cancers is cow's milk, okay? We know that another source of major source of mucus is preservatives, particularly sulfur dioxide, which is found in all wines and, wines and most beers, and sodium benzoate, found in every single uh, margarine and in a lot of the processed cold drinks that you buy. You want to get mucus, you want to have sinus problems, post-nasal drips, drips into the stomach. Yesterday I was talking to this... Uh, Mom and her daughter's got the sore stomach all the time. I said, does she sleep with her mouth open? She said, yes, she does, because she wakes up with a dry mouth. I said, she must have a post-nasal drip. She said, how did you know? Mucus drips down the back of your throat and cause your stomach to become inflamed, and you get the sore stomach. You've just always got the sore stomach, and then you can also have nausea with it and digestive problems, okay? Right, and by the way, if you've got problems digesting nuts, you can use digestive enzymes, but in the long term, you need to do a fast. Supervised fast, okay? Alright, so what else do we know for sure? We know high protein diet causes serious thyroid disorders, heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. That's why we don't shouldn't be eating a high protein diet. We know for sure that protein is for growth and repair, and we cannot use pro animal protein as it is. We have to break it apart. We're not pigs. I'm not a pig. I'm not a cow and I'm not a chicken. I should get a t shirt that says it. That's why I don't eat them. Animal flesh doesn't make human flesh. Amino acids do, and amino acids are found in every single plant food in abundance. There are 4 billion vegetarians and only 2 million eat eat meat eaters in the world. We know that your body needs fats. Your body needs fats for the hormonal system to work properly, otherwise you won't have a hormonal system working. What do hormones control? Everything. Your stomach, your sleep, your muscle tone. You can be pumping iron all day and you won't get a muscle. 
You start eating natural fats, you start to suddenly, your muscles pop up. What are the natural fats? Avocados, nuts and seeds. Should we be eating lots? No, just one or the other. There's one supplement I would take of fats and that's flax oil. And the one that I take is encapsulated and it's nitrogen flushed so that the flax doesn't go rancid. Flax oil goes rancid very quickly, so it's got to be nitrogen flushed. And if the bottle's nitrogen flushed, you open it, all the nitrogen escapes and now it's going to go rancid anyway. So I use the Amiga, which is on the shelf there. You can buy it directly at the wholesale price if you want to. It's there. Okay? What else do we know? We know that cholesterol is good. Did you know cholesterol is really, really good? Did you know that? Seriously, did you know cholesterol is really good and without it you die? Did you know this? Ignore the good and the bad. It's all BS, actually. Seriously, we need both types of cholesterol, LDL and HDL we need. But your body is self-healing and regulating. One of the things we know for sure is that your body is self-healing. Self-healing and it's self-regulating. It's always trying to get back to where it should be. Unless you are actually causing it to trip up and feeding it the wrong things and not getting enough exercise and not going outside in natural light. What do we know for sure? We know that cholesterol is good. How do we know it's good? Because cholesterol is a raw ingredient of all hormones. Without cholesterol, you cannot make testosterone, sorry, I'm really scribbling here, estrogen, and progesterone and a whole lot of other hormones cortisone, natural cortisone in the body but the only good cholesterol is the one your body makes okay forget LDL and HDL, yes if they're out of balance it causes problems but they get out of balance because we're eating things that contain cholesterol bad cholesterol is what you find in another, in a food good cholesterol is the kind your body makes your liver makes it, okay your liver makes cholesterol. It dumps it into the bloodstream. Let me do this drawing quickly. Here's your liver. It makes cholesterol, which goes to the cells. It's needed in the cells for the cell membrane. It's needed for, let's say, it's needed for cells. It's needed for the bones, healthy bones. You can't have strong, healthy bones without cholesterol because cholesterol is converted into vitamin D in the sun. That's why we need sunlight. 20, 30 minutes a day of natural sunlight on your skin makes healthy, strong bones. But we all stay out of the sun and then we wonder why people in South Africa suffer from osteoporosis because we don't go into the sun. You find people in rural communities who work on farms never get osteoporosis because they're outdoors all day long. They're doing physical exercise. Every time you go down and you do that exercise that Rick was doing, this one like this, I can't do it, it's just that I've got a dress on. Good form. <laughs> Every time you pull your muscles against your bone, you're strengthening your bones. That's why I love these exercises. I know I'm building really healthy bones. And I'm not having to push a piece of metal around the gym and sit next to somebody who's reeking garlic and alcohol all over me and sweating all over the equipment and he doesn't wipe it down. I hate gyms. On, on, on great sunny days when it's like warm like it is, probably tomorrow morning we're going to be out on the lawn. 
It's amazing. And if you can't come here at 6.30 in the morning, go to Rick in Somerset West at quarter past five, eh? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. And quarter past six in the evening. Oh, so you have another one straight afterwards. Okay, so here you... What time do you start? Yeah. Oh, Sarah's class, yeah. Okay, great. Oh, we'll talk to Rick. But it's the best kind of exercise. I have never, ever had my body in such peak physical condition as it is now. And I'm getting older. I never had a six-pack when I was 16. I'm getting there. And I'm a grandmother of five. I'm standing in front of the mirror and I'm like, look at these lines here. And I'm not doing anything hectic. I mean, these funny exercises, they look weird. You're like, why are you pushing with your arms in? And Rick has, and when you do a normal push-up, you've got to keep your elbows in, not out. And there's all these little tips that he, and you, and you do it and you think, this seems too easy. And then suddenly you start seeing muscle definition and fantastic. He went away on boats in the, where were you, in the Mediterranean for three years. And Mark and I suffered. We were cycling and swimming and running and we just said, our bodies are actually getting out of shape. We need Rick. And then when he came back, I'm so grateful that Taryn, had, they had a little baby and they came back to settle down. And I'm like, yay, we can start exercises again with Rick. Okay, right. We need, cell, we need cholesterol for cells. We need it for bones. You need it for your brain. Your brain needs most of the cholesterol you make. Brain won't work properly. You want to get Alzheimer's disease? You want to get senile dementia? Make sure that your cholesterol doesn't get to the brain, okay? So the cells, need, we need it for um, yeah, vitamin D. Uh, and we need it for hormones. All right. If the cells aren't getting enough, they send a message to the brain. And they say to the brain, make more cholesterol. And the brain will make more cholesterol and dump it in the bloodstream. If what happens is the brain sends, oh, not the brain, sorry. The liver dumps it in the bloodstream. I've got this wrong. The brain sends a message to the liver saying make more cholesterol and the liver complies and makes more cholesterol. And then you end up with genetically high cholesterol levels, which mine was nine. Yes. It's very effective if you take animal products out of your diet and heated fats. If you have no gallbladder, you can't eat any heated fats and you shouldn't eat animal fats at all. The worst thing for you. You'll always have a problem. You'll always have health issues somewhere along the line. You don't want to hear this stuff. <laughs> Alright. So what happens is your brain sends a message to the liver, says make more and your liver makes more. keeps jumping the cholesterol in the bloodstream. If you don't have the right vehicle to pick up the cholesterol and take it to the cells where it's needed, it sits around in the bloodstream just clogging up your arteries and you end up with clogged up arteries, excess weight, nothing works properly, you go through menopause and it's unpleasant. 50% of men over the age of 40 in South Africa suffer from erectile dysfunction. I will not ask you how old you are or whether you suffer from it, but it's a common problem. 50% of the men, women in South Africa live on antidepressants. I now know why. If 50% of the men suffer from erectile dysfunction, 50% of the women are on antidepressants. They all think their husbands don't love them, okay? Let's just quickly. How are we going to, I'll answer your question now, how are we going to get the cholesterol out of the bloodstream to the cells where it's needed? We need a bus. 
sorry, I can't draw, especially at this angle, and we need lots of seats on the bus. If the seats are all taken up and there's, and there's no space, it's called a saturated fat. So saturated fats don't help us, okay? They need it for other, trans, other things that go up, chemical reactions. If there's only one seat on the bus, it's called a monounsaturated fat. Olive oil, for example, is a monounsaturated fat. If there's two or more seats, and we can put lots of cholesterol on there, it's called a polyunsaturated fat. That's all it is. Polyunsaturated fat means it's got lots of open bonds that can pick it up. And the most unsaturated fat that can pick up cholesterol like this is flax oil. You want to get your cholesterol levels down and regulated as fast as possible? Take flax oil. Even if you're still eating meat, I've seen people take flax oil on a daily basis with barley grass juice because you need the nutrients in the barley grass juice to make the conversions to EPA and DHA. You take those, your cholesterol level comes down. In six weeks, I've seen people go from nine down to six. In six weeks, without changing their diets. And then when he changed, it came down under, under five. I think it was under five, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Judy's saying she's concerned because she's heard that flax oil can thin your blood. Yes, it can. But like spinach, which can make your blood thick because it contains vitamin K, it only when you're dealing with a plant source of a nutrient, your body will only allow that nutrient to thin the blood because it's in a form it can recognize only if you need to have thin blood. It will only clot the blood if... So, for example, a doctor will tell you, oh, you're on warfarin to thin your blood, which is rat poison, okay? You, you poison a rat with warfarin. How do you poison them? You put the warfarin in the roof, the rat comes and eats it, its blood gets too thin and it literally bleeds out of its body. It's a horrible way to die, okay? So now you're on warfarin, they've got to check you every couple of weeks, sometimes once a week, to check that you're just not about to die. If you took flax oil, your body would take what it needed from the flax oil, thin it to a point where it actually needed it. There's no bad side effects at all. Nothing from flax oil. But if your blood is already at the right viscosity, it will only thin it. It won't thin it. If the viscosity is perfect, it will not thin it. If your viscosity is perfect, it won't use the vitamin K from the spinach or the barley grass juice to thicken it. Vitamin K in plants will only be used to, to clot your blood if you were bleeding to death. Or if you were having... That's why you'll see when women start to have... Um, when women change to a, a more high plant-based diet and they eat a lot of more green stuff, they can go from a five-day or seven-day heavy period with lots of pain to a two-day very light period just by consuming a lot more natural plants in their diet. And it's one of the things, it's one of the reasons why a lot of women change and become vegetarian because they notice that their periods get lighter and less painful. And they don't, some women when they menstruate, sorry guys, this is messy, but some women when they menstruate, actually, their words to me, I, I feel like I'm miscarrying every month because I'm passing clots of something that looks like flesh. And it's clots from eating animal products. You take the animal products out, all that clotting, the bad smell goes, the clotting goes, and the blood is fresh and light. Sorry, messy, but. Yeah, I wish I'd known this before I turned 29 because I lived with pain and suffering and everything else. But when I change, huge change. Here's seven heavy days, two light days. Mm. Do you have to mix the flex oil with something else? The, 
you can't you can take it like it is. I, I wouldn't buy any capsule because you don't know how fresh the flax oil is unless you know how the company does it. The only flax oil I take is it's got sunflower and sesame seed with it to stabilize it so it won't go rancid. It's flushed with nitrogen to pump all the oxygen out and then they seal the capsule. It can last on the shelf for two years like that. But I know the company. I went and checked them out in Idaho. I went to where they make the stuff. I looked at what they do. I know that those are good. If you buy a capsule from somebody else, a discount brand, they just buy the cheapest one. Okay, whatever. If you go into any supermarket or store, they're going to get the cheapest one to make the most profit. That's what shops are all about. So the one I recommend is Amiga. I have flax oil in a bottle. Amiga is from a company called AIM. It's an American company. Flax oil I've got in a bottle there and I do put it, I take, I take the little bottle and I put a little bit in our smoothie every morning. I put it in there because my grandkids very often don't have their capsules. It's fantastic for brain function and development because flax oil helps your brain because it takes cholesterol to the brain where you need it. So you find that you, you, chances of you getting Alzheimer's disease or senile dementia is virtually nil when you're taking flax oil, exercising sunlight and eating more plant foods than anything else. It's just, it's just unheard of. Your brain will keep working till the day you die. Your body makes cholesterol from the food you're eating. It uses natural fats, for example, but it uses antioxidants. It uses all kinds of things. You make it in the liver. The liver produces it. It's one of the side effects. It makes it because it knows that the body needs it to function properly. But remember, we're not pigs, so we don't want the pig cholesterol in here. We don't want the cow cholesterol or the chicken cholesterol. We want human cholesterol. Human cholesterol designed perfectly. It's one of the reasons babies, when they breastfeed, their IQs are higher and they're smarter and their reflexes are better. And they It's fascinating to see a baby that's breastfed compared to a bottle-fed baby. You can have them together. At day two, the breastfed baby, if the mother's diet is healthy, is really the neck is up. I've got photographs of my granddaughter Faith at day two holding her neck up and turning like this. Two days old. And I've got photographs of babies that are two months old that can still not hold their heads up and they're bottle fed because they're having cow's milk instead of mother's milk. The cholesterol in the mother's milk develops the baby's brain to its optimum capacity. I wasn't breastfed as a child. I mean, I, my, my parents were in an era where breastfeeding was very unfashionable. You did six weeks if you were lucky. It was just the era at the time. I'd like, you know, I'd, I'd like, I'd like to be as smart as I would be if I'd been breastfed. But there's nothing I can do. I'm now eating as well as I can, as I possibly can, and I find my brain's working better than it's ever worked. For the first 25 years of my life, my brain was really not functioning. I was bipolar and all over the place. Yes. <laughs> About what? Egg yolks and egg whites, yeah. Well, well, are you a human or a chicken? You're human. Your liver makes cholesterol. Why would you want to eat? Your liver makes its own cholesterol. What you're going to do is get chicken cholesterol and chicken protein, okay? When I spoke about protein earlier on, I think you might have dozed off. You must have had a late night last night or it's really hot. Okay? It's bad sleep. Every, it's... It, everybody slept badly last night. Um, when you eat protein, you need to get protein from nuts and seeds. So rather increase your nuts and seeds than eat egg protein. Because you're not a chicken. 
You don't want egg protein. And you don't want cooked protein. And if you eat raw eggs, it destroys B vitamins in your body. So it's not a good idea to eat like... We used to eat the, have an eggnog or an egg flip or whatever it was when we swam when we were in galas. It was vanilla, cow's milk, raw eggs and sugar. Whooshed up together and then we were down that. I want to puke at the thought of it. And we thought it would help us make, make us swim better. All it did was make lots of mucus, okay? You're just a brainwashed egg eater. That's all you are. <laughs> it's very easy, but at the end of the day, you can just grab. That's how much protein you need. If you're doing bodybuilding, you can eat more than that. It's 30 grams of nuts. That's what we did. You can have sunflower seeds. Cashew nuts are quite expensive. You want to eat them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sunflower seeds contain 25 to 30% protein, which is way more than you're going to find out of any meat. Remember that meat gets cooked. You can use 10%. The average person can use 10% of the protein in the egg because you cooked it. It's coagulated. Protein has to be water-soluble to use it 100%. If it's not cooked, you can use it. But if you don't cook the meat or the egg, you're going to get some kind of parasitic infection or some kind of issues. Every raw protein that you eat causes problems. Raw eggs destroy biotin, which is a very important B vitamin in the body. Not a smart thing to do. Sushi, for example, will cause tapeworm in the body. Um, raw steak, people eat steak tartare, which is very rare. That's a bit of a pun. Not many people serve that in restaurants. It's raw mince with a raw egg on top of it. If you want raw protein, your best source is from nuts and seeds. Your cheapest source of protein is from sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds. Handful like that. That's all you need. No cooking. You're saving water. Do you know you need 100 times more water to produce one kilogram or one gram of protein com from a plant compared, I mean, from animals compared to one gram of protein from plants? 100 times more water. Do you want to save water? Stop eating animals. Seriously. It's proven. I've got a scientific uh, paper that's published, actually on my computer, just downloaded it the other day, published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. They did a whole study of protein. And they found that not only was it plant protein more beneficial to the body, but plant protein from an environmental point of view was l way less toxic. There's no toxic byproducts unless you're spraying the stuff. But if you're just growing the vegetables, you're not damaging the environment. If you're just raising one cow, you're damaging the environment. It's a fact. We, ca we can't get away from it. If we eat, To me, eating meat has become a very thoughtless, reckless thing to do actually. It's reckless. It's using up our water, it's using up our resources and it's damaging the environment. And what's it doing? Promoting cancer, heart disease and diabetes. Not helping us. So what else do we know for sure, okay? We know that sunlight lowers cholesterol because sun shines on your skin, converts cholesterol into vitamin D. Vitamin D is needed to make healthy bones. We know sunlight gives you healthy bones. We know that. You need sunlight more than you need cow's milk. We know the countries that drink the most cow's milk have the most osteoporosis. We know that. That's a fact. You can check it out. We know that sunlight is one of the most powerful natural antidepressants because you've got a little gland behind your eyes called the pineal gland and when the sun shines into your eyes, you can't cover your eyes with glasses. You've got to have no glasses on. You can wear a hat. You can sit under an umbrella. 
You just need natural light. It's the most powerful natural antidepressant. It's the most powerful thing to help you sleep efficiently because it regulates melatonin and serotonin. And it has absolutely no side effects that are bad unless you overdo it and you suffer from sunstroke. But you need 20 to 30 minutes a day. Sunblock. Sunblock stops your body's ability to, to do all of this. You can't convert cholesterol into vitamin D. If you've got sunblock on you, can't. That's it. You just blocked it. So what we're seeing is everybody's blocking the sun, and they all got osteoporosis. What did you say, Rick? Skin cancer. Yeah. The countries that are using skin black, their skin cancer rates are increasing. They're not decreasing. In rural communities that we're going to look at in a couple of minutes, they don't use sunblock. There's no skin cancer. But they don't go and lie in the sun for five hours over peak midday, yes. 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 Reasonable sunlight is 20 to 30 minutes minimum a day outside peak midday sun. In other words, before 10 o'clock in summer and after 4 o'clock in summer, especially these Western Cape ones. Winter time, you can go in the sun anytime. For sun shining at lunchtime, go for a walk. Get it on your arms as much as you can. But you need 20 to 30 minutes. Here's what's reasonable. When your body says, I am hot and uncomfortable... It's telling you to get out of the sun. What do the kids do when they're hot and uncomfortable? What do you do? You swim. You jump in the pool. Then you get out again. So swimming can actually endanger your life and cause the skin cancer because it's cooling you down, not because it's causing anything. So cool down and get inside because it's showing you it's too hot. If you have to be outside because it's sports or something like that, then you wear a hat and you cover your arm with a cool shirt, a thin, cool shirt. Sometimes hold an umbrella over your head if you have to. I mean, in the old days, women used to walk with parasols. You can just use a normal rain umbrella and stand and put shade on you. You're still benefiting from sunlight when you're in shade, as long as you don't have sunglasses on. Your pineal gland that regulates serotonin and melatonin that helps you sleep and makes you happy, it blocks the UV rays when you put glasses over your eyes. So wear sunglasses when you drive a car because the UV rays can't get through the car windows anyway. Yes. Outside of peak mid, say, yeah. In summer. Go inside. Between 12 and 2 is absolute no-no. But tell my husband that. I have a husband who takes great delight in lying at the pool in peak midday. Here's the interesting thing. The more plant food you eat, the more beta-carotene you take in, the more protection you have. Your best protection against cancer is not a sunblock. It's beta-carotene in plants. So the more green things you eat, the more red things, the more yellow things. My husband has Scottish descent, French and Scottish ancestors. He's French Huguenots that came out and the Scot Scotsman. His skin is naturally pale and fine. He grew up in Durban, could never go to the beach because he would burn and peel in strips. And now he goes out there and I have to say to him, Mark, stop it, it's bad. Come inside. I start to take away the towel and stuff or I push him underneath the tree. 
Because he just wants to tan, to catch up for all the time. And he'll lie there and he goes brown. You've seen what he looks like. He's brown. He has not peeled like that in nearly 30 years. Since we've been eating more plant food, when you take in more beta-carotene, it protects your skin naturally and you go a yellowy color. If you look at the palms of my hands, they're quite yellow. The yellowness shows a high beta-carotene level. You can actually, there's a test you can do, an antioxidant test, and it should be over 50,000. Most people are under 20,000, which means you're in line for some form of cancer. So know that the higher the antioxidant levels in your skin, the less chance you have of getting cancer. Anyway, he, he will go in the sun and just go brown. So the more beta-carotene you've got, the more protection you've got. Okay? So even if you are in the sun at peak midday, and it's not a good time because you, even your brain can overheat. I mean, the other day he was outside looking at something on his iPad, and the iPad overheated and switched itself off. I said, now your iPad's telling you to get out of the sun. Get out. Frying the iPad. Imagine what you're doing to your brain. So even when you're out there and you're playing cricket, for example, and you can't, you know, stop, if you've got high levels of beta-carotene from all your fresh, your fresh fruit is the highest in beta-carotene, but so are your green leafy vegetables and your orange things like butternut, carrots, spinach, leafy greens. Um, the barley life is very high in beta-carotene. And that will protect you against it. And you just go a golden brown. I can't tan any darker than I am. Even if I'm in peak midday, I can go outside and walk around. Nothing happens. I don't burn any more than what I am. It's weird, but it's fantastic. It shows my body's protecting itself. We do live in Africa. The sun is hot here, and our bodies should protect ourselves, but we don't eat enough plant food. If we did, we wouldn't have a problem. I never put my face in the sun. I don't think that's very smart. I don't think I've aged very fast considering that I go in the sun. But if I am in the garden, I usually wear a hat. Sometimes I get caught unawares and I don't have a hat on. So I'm not, I'm not obsessive about it. But I know my body's feeling uncomfortable when I'm in the sun. I've got to get, I can feel, you just feel unhorrible, you feel horribly hot. I've got to get out of the sun. So you've got to listen to your body. It sends us these signals all the time. Yes. What, what would you suggest for the families that have got kids? You know, the kids want to feel the sun. There is a sunblock. There are natural sunblocks that you can use. One of them is made by Natural Mente. That's the most organic and natural one. That's also the most expensive one. There's another one that I used when I rode the Argus. And we were going to use it again this year because it works really well and it's the one that Forever Living makes. It's not totally 100% natural, but as a once-off, it, it, keeps, it stops you going burning really badly. I mean, you ride the Argus and you've got that wind and everything else. I don't like putting sunblock on children on a daily basis. So it's not good. There are chemicals in it. And there are things that stop the body making strong bones, so not smart. You know, when we were growing up as kids, my mom said, come inside. And we didn't even have a TV. She'd put us in our beds until 3 o'clock every afternoon we had to read. To this day, we all love reading. So I think we need to start thinking about the way we're living <coughs> and say, inside, it's quiet time. If you can't have a rest and read, then quietly play a card game on your bed or in your bedroom or in the lounge. Do quiet stuff. Here's a puzzle. Let's do puzzles. So what we're doing is the kids are running around outside. The adults are all ch sitting inside watching something. We disconnect it. Get them inside. Connect. We had somebody come here the other day and Mark wanted the Wi-Fi password. Mark said, no, I'm not giving it to you. Go and talk to your friends. Mark can be quite straightforward at times. 
Afterwards, she came to me. She said, I really want to thank you. This is the nicest lunch I've ever had. I spoke to my friends, and I haven't done this for ages. We all sit there on our phones, and we didn't get in our phones, and we talked. Thank you. To get the kids inside. But you've got to teach them. Hats on if they're at school. Hats on, and you get them to drink their barley life every morning to get the beta carotene in there. Eat the mangoes. Have the carrot juice. Eat it, yes. Yes, you can. Essential oils are good, depending on whether they're good ones. You can get ones that can be very have a very powerful effect on the body. We actually have a cream that is mixed for us with shea butter, and uh, which is a natural butter from plants, and it's just got essential oils in. So I'll use that on my face, but it's totally natural. It doesn't have any preservatives in it. So you and you, they're in small jars, so you can use it up in a month. So that would be an ideal type of cream to use if you're going to use one. Alright, so what are we let me just check that I've covered everything. I know you're getting hungry now. Are we having carrots and peas for lunch? Lots of plant foods. <laughs> yeah, I've done it all. Covered it all. Okay. If you've got any questions you want to ask before I run our little movie, and then you can ask me more questions. I'm going to be in and around the line dining room, so while you're eating, you can ask me more questions. If you want to ask me private things, and you, I know when I'm in a group and they say, any questions, I won't ask a question in front of everybody. We always have this thought, like, my question's stupid. It's never stupid. That's yes. The blood, group, um, blood group diet. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know where they come up with that stuff. It was Peter de Armour that came up with that. He said him and his father had done this research. It's never been published. But what we do know is that eating according to your blood group is about, makes as much sense as eating according to your eye color or your hair color or your skin color. It doesn't make any sense. And in a family, you can have all four blood groups. It's very easy to have that. So now everybody's got to eat separately. Do you think God would be that cruel? Make it so complicated. What do you tell... A man living in KwaZulu-Natal who lives under the avocado tree and he's O-type, which is the most com common blood group. Sorry, you can't eat avocados. <laughs> Seriously? Or me? I love mangoes. I love mangoes, especially dried mangoes. Don't tell me I can't eat mangoes because I'm A-type. doesn't make any sense. Here's the thing. Mark is considered a natural carnivore because he's O-type, but when he eats animal products, his blood pressure is 160 over 110. When he's completely plant-based like he is now, he's 63, guess what his blood pressure is? On a bad, hot day, the hottest Argus ever, he's standing holding hose pipes in the road like this. First time we did the Argus, standing out there with the hose pipes, it's unbelievably hot. Some guy came by one kilometer from the end, clipped Mark's handlebars, knocked him to the floor, his clothes were ripped, the ambulance comes along because he was nauseous from the shock of it. At that point, his blood pressure should have been high. They took his blood pressure, it was 100 over 70. They said, no, we're very worried. This is very low, he's hot. I said, he's a vegetarian. Oh no, if he's a vegetarian, that's normal, he can go. Here's the paramedics know that vegetarians' blood pressure is lower than meat eaters. Why? There's something in animal products called a rachidonic acid, it's a fatty acid, and its function is to push up blood pressure, make your blood clot, Push up blood pressure, make your blood clot, and there's one other thing, cause inflammation. But when your blood pressure is high, do they ever tell you don't eat meat, it contains arachidonic acid? The paramedics would tell you, they've got no financial interest in what's going on out there. 
They'll tell you, no, vegetarians have much lower blood pressure than, than meat eaters. It's a known fact. That's one of the things we know for sure. That when you stop eating animal products, your blood pressure goes down to about, on average, 90 over 60, which is what it is as a child. Children's blood pressure is 90 over 60. It shouldn't go up. It goes up because of our lifestyle, yes. And 4 billion... Yes. And that's published research? I'll show you that here. Well, the statistics that I took, it was like 2 point something and 4 point something, which adds up to 7 billion. So I just rounded them. Okay. I've got the, the research here. Um, no, it's not on there, but I can email it to you. I've got the research that I can, I can email to you. Yeah. That's the research that's published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. So it's not something from YouTube or Google or anywhere else. I like to quote stuff that's actual research. And their study is fascinating because it looks at everything. It looks at what's happening in the world. It's looking at environmental issues and it looks at what's going on in the body as well. Fascinating research. According to Dr. Colin Campbell, who wrote the China study, he said there's no difference in whether you're eating your animal protein from fish or chicken or meat. I think chicken is mildly better, I mean, not chicken, fish, because it's less likely to have added hormones to it unless it's salmon that's been farmed. To grow the salmon, they do give it hormones. They just put it in the water. But if it's sea, you know, it's hake. I wouldn't touch any shellfish. Shellfish are the bottom feeders. They clean all the muck. They're full of mercury and all the pollution in the sea. You want to get sick, eat shellfish. But, yeah, eat fish if you're going to. To me, I, I would say that it's better because there's no hormones in it. But just make sure that it's said it's not salmon. Okay, you're ready to watch a movie and then you can go and have lunch. So give me the 20 minutes to make sure your lunch is actually ready. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And we can chat as I pop around to all of you. Um. Let me just get this on here. Mark. <laughs> Mark. Yeah, I don't know how to switch the TV on here. I can't find the control. <laughs>